Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Kristen Guile. I'm the Chief Content Officer at Asweatlife.com, and with me today is Colleen Werner. She is the founder and CEO of Lulafit, which is a wellness company that's aimed at modernizing well-being to empower people in their everyday lives. She's also got a background as a former professional ballet dancer and has now started LulaFit to build community and conversation around our physical, mental, and social well-being. Colleen, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for that intro. Um, no problem. We got to let the people know who, who they're listening to. But, you know, I said all the bullet points, but I would love to hear your story a little bit more in your own words and uh, more about your background and how it has led you to where you are today. Yeah, yeah. So as you kind of touched on, um, I'm now an entrepreneur. I got here by way of being a professional dancer um, and had a really amazing uh, career for over a decade um, in ballet and contemporary ballet uh, all over the country. Um, and I always say the only career that's crazier than being an entrepreneur is being a dancer. <laughs> so I think it prepared me well for what I do now, um, and, and founding a company and running a company. Um, and so about six or seven years ago, gosh, I have to remember what year it is. Um, I, I founded, uh, Lulafet. and, you know, as you mentioned, you know, my goal was really to modernize well-being and to empower people, um, and help people live better lives. Um, and really by doing that in a holistic way. So, Today, um, we're a much larger company. We have a national uh, brand, which is exciting. And, you know, we've survived a tough, a tough year, which is, I think, a, a big feat for any uh, small business. Um, and we focus on, on kind of those three cornerstones that you spoke about, right, which is just in, in, in large, um, the social, the mental, and the physical well-being of, of, um, of our communities. So we do this, like, really by way of real estate and large corporate uh, users. So our main customer is like a big commercial office building or a large residential building. Um, we run all of our well-being program in those spaces and then also a large corporation, right? So uh, some Fortune 500 companies and, and larger, um, you know, whether we're in their space or they just, their employees have our app, um, we're able to connect people that way. So I've been very fortunate to get a large reach um, to our products and services, and uh, it's been a very fun ride. Okay, so a couple of questions that are that are related. I would love to hear how LulaFit today has changed from when you first started it, and in conjunction with that, like how it has changed and how you guys have pivoted since the pandemic. Because I would, like you said, it's been a interesting year for small business owners, medium, big size business owners everywhere, especially in the fitness and wellness industry. So I'd love to hear more about um, what's kept you on your feet. Oh, yeah. Um, just aside from having a, having a business, um, there's always <laughs> something I would say, like there's been a lot of tough years. This has definitely been a tough year. There's been a lot of other tough years, right? So um, there's a lot of things as an entrepreneur that keeps you on your feet, um, you know, big and small. Um, I would say like the one thing that hasn't changed is our mission, like this constant like drive to really bring like accessible well-being programming to like people where they are, right? Like where they live, where they work, kind of everywhere in between. Um, and so that's just the iterations of that have kind of come up, come up over the last six, seven years. So 
you know, we really started like very strongly in, in residential real estate where people live. Um, we really, you know, continued to grow. Um, and in about 2016, we, we pivoted and uh, took on a new service line to serve commercial office buildings as well. So that was like a big undertaking. So like really identifying any large commercial real estate asset and, and you know, taking over the management of those amenity spaces and putting well-being into the fabric of a building, um, which has been a huge passion of mine since we spend so much time in them, as you know, especially those of us who live in cities. Um, and then obviously the pandemic this year kind of took us all out of those spaces. And so um, this year has really focused on how do we do that in a digital way and how do we keep people connected um, to those to those spaces, but most importantly to each other um, in a way that makes sense and is, is fun and exciting for people. So that's been a lot of what this year is focused on is, you know, I don't, I don't know if the world's going to ever go back to completely the way it was, and that's okay. So how do we, you know, continue to meet people's needs, whether they're working from home, working from an office, traveling, living out of a, you know, sprinter van in Colorado, you know, whatever people are doing. And so that's been such a fun challenge for us to, to take on this year, and I, I'm really excited about where it's taken us. And I might be wrong about this, but I think the first time I heard about LulaFit, I was mostly um engaged with your fitness offerings and your training offerings but it sounds like you've expanded since then from offering just straight workouts and trainer access am i right in that yeah so like right from the beginning we've always had a lot of different components of the business i would say like fitness is always what i've called like the gateway drug to lulafit <laughs> it's like definitely <laughs> Yeah, so like it's definitely something like people are like, oh yeah, like I feel like I've taken a little fitness class or like met or met someone who was part of the fitness team at Lulafit. Um, we also have a very large, uh, you know, programs team, which consists of obviously our fitness and, and wellness providers, but we've got dietitians, we've got chefs, we've got massage therapists. Um, we have a, one of our largest teams is actually our events team. Um, so we do, you know, massive <laughs> events, um, both, you know, in person, pre-pandemic, pre you know, anything from, you know, happy hours to game nights. Um, we've done, you know, especially over the pandemic, even taking this further. I mean, we've got, you know, fashion shows and concerts going on and, you know, all <laughs> sorts of stuff on our platform. So, um, you know, I truly believe that wellness is more than just moving right it's it's an important component of it and a lot of you know very accessible for a lot of people who think i want to be well i got to move or i got to eat right um but i would say you know we we equally weigh uh the mental the mindfulness um and also the social you know for a lot of us being well and something we, good we can do for ourselves is interacting with another human being um right now a lot of that is virtual um but it's something that we need so that's been an important piece of us for us too. And that whole life picture of wellness, is that something that you picked up from being a former professional dancer too? Like I'd imagine when you're working full time in that capacity, you're worried a lot about your physical fitness, but you probably realize pretty quickly that it's more than just logging, you know, eight, 10 hour days of movement. That's like the toughest lesson I think for anyone to learn, right? Like you can't do too much of one thing or another. And I think athletes learn it a little bit differently because unlike now where I spend too much time sitting every day, 
um, I spent like almost too much time moving, right? So it's like, how do I do all these other things that help me kind of regenerate um, and restore? And so I think that's a big piece of it. I mean, to be honest with you, I think, you know, I felt very comfortable uh, as it was my job to understand my body. That was my entire profession. It was my job to understand like, how to fix myself, how to, you know, get myself in like top, you know, uh, physical condition. And that includes mental health and social health. Um, those things weren't, weren't always, you know, perfectly aligned, um, but it was my job to know how. And I think, you know, as I kind of uh, was exiting that career and I'd gone to college and gotten a degree in kinesiology, um, I realized not everybody has a very good understanding of their body. I always say, like, our bodies are the most sophisticated piece of technology we're ever going to own, um, but really nobody knows how to use them. And so I think, like, it's not just about, like, people know the basic components. I think, like, I should exercise, I should eat well, but they don't really understand how it all comes together. And so I think that's, you know, one of the things that um, we do well is helping people understand not only how to do it, when to do it, where to do it, and actually doing it with them, but why, uh, which is equally as important. Let's get into um, the bookend questions that we like to ask everyone who comes on this podcast. So can you tell me about a big goal that you've had in the past, why it was important to you, and how you got there? Yeah, it's a, such a great question. So I would say one of the biggest things is I really, like, when I built the company, I really wanted to build a company I wanted to work for. And being in, like, the dance industry, right, the ballet industry, the fitness and wellness industry as well, that's really difficult to do because there's, there's a lot of companies out there. I would say um, there's a lot of mistreatment of people in our industry. It's like really easy to take advantage of people who hustle and work hard and like not pay them well, not give them access to benefits. And I really just didn't want to build uh, a company that was like that. I will say, like, we have not, I'll be the first to admit, we have not always been able to achieve this, right? But it's been so important to me that I've always gone back to it. Like, how do we really build it differently? And I've met a lot of other entrepreneurs on the way who are also, like, try, like working on this mission, right? Um, one of the biggest things is, like, hiring people full-time, really, like, not relying on 1099 contractors. It's so easy to just, like, start a wellness company because there's so much, like, contract work. Um, and we definitely have gotten into phases of the business where we were growing so fast, so quickly. I mean, last year we grew by 400%, right? So you're just exploding and there's like almost no time to like strategically think about like how you're going to bring on new people. You're just trying to get people in the door and like you're training people in like, you know, mass groups. And, um, I think, you know, this year, one of the blessings of kind of like the pandemic for us was like reminding ourselves like this is not what I set out to build. Like I've been that 1099 contractor. I've been paid $18 an hour to teach something that cost me $10,000 to get certified in. And I just don't believe in it. And so I was so happy to get the space this year to like slow down for a second so that we could rebuild. And I'm happy that we're back <laughs> to our full time, you know, model. And it's just something we've been really trying to continue to work in as we scale. And I would say it's difficult, but knowing that like, I'm a lot, that's where I want to go. And so all my, my people are aligned with me there too, including my investors and my board, um, makes it really special. So that was like, I would say for any entrepreneur or anybody who works in our space, um, 
it's one of the most difficult things to do. Um, but I think it's a worthy cause. So I'm happy that we've been able to continue and I'm sure we'll fail again and we'll have to continue to like try again. Um, but it's been a very fun experience to continue to challenge ourselves to do it when it's so easy to do it the other way. So now all of our people have like their full time, they have healthcare benefits and a 401k. They, this year we gave everybody access to, um, Boone coaching. I think you met Alex. Yes, we love them. So, yeah. Who's a, who's a friend of mine for, for a long time now. He actually went to I think middle school or elementary school, my husband. So, oh my um, yeah. So, you know, it's just been like a great opportunity to really invest in our people. And like, that's the kind of company I want to work for. And so every day I get to like wake up and go to work at my dream job, which is what I wanted to do. So. Yeah. It's so interesting that you call that out because we have talked, you know, the a Sweat Life is a big community of fitness enthusiasts, but also on the flip side, the fitness industry, you know, so we talk to trainers a lot. We talk to studio owners a lot. And this issue that you're, you're bringing up about like having benefits and fair pay and all of the good perks that come along with that, um, it comes up often and it seems like a problem that no one really knows how to solve, but it sounds like you sort of found that way and the slowdown kind of helped push you more towards that right direction. So were there any other things that sort of came out um, during the pandemic out of this slowdown that like really sort of helped guide you back to your North Star? Yes. <laughs> um, <Or> yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this has been such a challenging year. I mean, for all of us, I think we've all had to, you know, spend time with ourselves and really reflect on like what's important to us. Um, you know, really like our messaging over the last, like just in general, like our marketing and our messaging and our company got very focused on um, what we do for our really our B2B customer. I call them our buyer, right? Like the person who invests in the health of the groups that we work in. Um, and I'm very proud that we get to make those people money. I mean, it's an unbelievable opportunity to have a business where you get to convince, you know, fortune 500 CEOs and mega real estate developers to invest in well-being for people. And they're also going to make money off of it. It's like a win-win. Yeah. Um, but I became very like, you know, um, I think we, we as a company, like, you know, started to like talk about that more than we started talking about how we could help the end user. And I think ultimately like we can only fulfill that mission for them and actually deliver ROI if we actually care about the people at the mm -hmm. end of the day. And so, you know, I think getting, that was like kind of one of my first big reflections of this year it happened very early, really almost pre pandemic. I spent a lot of time on the road last year with our customer, with our buyer and not as much time with our user. Right. And so, um, I think just being able to kind of like become the user again, um, really gave me the opportunity to have some hindsight and say, you know what, I really want to make sure that every person in this organization knows why they're here. We haven't given up on that mission. We're not, you know, selling out <laughs> and, um, and we're still all here for that reason. So that was a big, um, you know, reflection and that's, we're actually completely rebranding the company, mm -hmm. um, which will launch in 2021 and it will be very much a, a deeper reflection of really like our core values and why we do what we do. Um, and I, my motto through the process has kind of been like, 
if our if our buyer right our b2b customer can't get behind that like they're not a good customer for us so we really want to attract people who who have that same mission i would love to hear more about this this rebranding and i don't know if this works into the the big goal that you have for the future and the second part of this question but i would love for you to expand more on what kind of changes and pivots you guys are making and how that is going to bring more benefit to that end user yeah so i think first and foremost like when you're in the world of you know high-end real estate like luxury properties like we work in like the most stunning beautiful buildings in the world like the world trade centers in new york and the aeon center in chicago and the post office like it's just they're beautiful like this real estate is is fascinating and you know in we also work with some of the most unbelievable brands and companies right and we're interacting with their employees and so I think our brand has gotten like very luxury and very, um, you know, it, it's gotten a little bit away from like that approachability that I really want people to feel um, when they think of well-being. Mm -hmm. um, and and so you know, I, I want the the brand's going to be a lot more fun. <laughs> I would say a lot more approachable, a lot more just like human-centered. Um, and I think, again, it's just going to help the end user connect a little bit more with what we're doing for them because it's all for them, right? It's, it's, it's for, you know, Beth who works in HR at the company that we're, that we're working with, right? It's not for the stakeholders of said company <laughs> necessarily. So, um, I'm excited again, like all of those parties get to benefit, but I'm excited for our brand to really reflect the people who are like with us every day using our our experiences, um, you know, participating in our programming, coming into our spaces, using our app, all these different things. And what is that going to look like in terms of execution? Like what actionable changes are you thinking about making? In terms of the brand? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a pretty big full brand <laughs> change. So we'll have, you know, a totally new logo, a new website. Um, and then we're actually launching a brand new mobile app. Um, in March, which is going to be the big kind of cherry on top, which is I'm very excited about. Nice. Um, earlier in our conversation, you were talking about um, the connection aspect and how LulaFit is helping to sort of facilitate that at a time right now where like, we all need it a little more than ever. Um, I'd love to hear more about how the connection has sort of played a role in your vision of the company and what you guys have done this year, especially to help foster connections virtually. Um, through your residential and your corporate offices? Yeah, absolutely. So I think like connection and community is like the cornerstone of any good well-being program. Um, it's not just about connecting with other people, but connecting with yourself, right? And really what you need. And I think to do that, like it has to be a part of it. Um, and so, you know, we've obviously been able to, we've been so lucky to be able to walk into some of the most beautiful spaces in the world, as I mentioned and facilitate and operate them and put together these programs. And, you know, for anybody on my team who's gotten to like work at these spaces, you know, I mean, it's just an unbelievable experience and the community you get to build is, is really special. Um, I think the challenge is like, how do you do that when not everybody's there at the same time? And, you know, I think 2020 has been interesting. Yes, we've had like this very stark change in like habits, right? Like obviously most of us, don't leave our house as much as we used to. And like, there's some very clear differentiators, but for the most part, like a lot of the trends that we're seeing have been trends for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, people want flexibility. They don't necessarily want to go to an office five days a week. 
um, especially, you know, millennials and younger, right, are really pushing for for more trust from their employers and their in their spaces to really be able to work where they want um, and really be measured on performance and output. And so we've been working over the last couple of years to figure out what that looks like. So if you're not in the office, I traveled 40 weeks last year, right? So I could have had the best program in the world at my office space, but I was on the road, so I couldn't use it. And I think now we need to really develop solutions um, that connects you know, people in the office, outside of the office, in their apartment, outside of their apartment, everywhere they are, right, um, you know, with, with community and with culture. And I think that's really what our, our technology is doing, um, which is super exciting. So we've been able to meet that need. And now we're going to continue to go further with it. As I mentioned, we'll be launching this new app in March. Um, there's so many apps out there that deliver content, which is fabulous. Because if you're like yourself or me, right, you probably know exactly what you need, what you want, and you just go and get it, right? Like, you know your favorite people, you can go on and like, take the classes, go to the events. Um, I think what we found really needs to be different in the industry is like, we can't just throw a bunch of content out there and expect people to know what to do with it. We really have to guide them, listen to them and help them find their niches in the community and ways that they can, um, you know, not only contribute to the culture, um, but get reap the benefits of it. And so um, our app's going to have a really large um, component of that, right? In terms of like, the technology will actually coach the user on what to participate in to reach their goals, which I'm very, very excited about. Uh, I feel like you know me a lot better than us just meeting on this Zoom call when you were saying like, we have our favorites, we know like what we need at any given time. I literally just got my Peloton delivered yesterday and I took like the one ride with the one instructor that I knew and I was like, well, this is who I take forever now because the choices can be like so overwhelming and I'm like, yeah. like I don't know who this person is. Well, I like their playlist or their style is going to be like a good match for me. And I would love a little help figuring out like, you know, what to go from there and how to like sort of navigate um, the choices. Cause there are so many choices. I mean, not just for online fitness, but for like anything that you want to do right now. And it sounds like that's what you guys are kind of honing in on is being that coach. Yeah. And I think, you know, you can really get in your comfort zone there. Right. And like, that's really not like, so it's nice to be in your comfort zone once in a while, but like we want to help people push themselves outside and grow and develop. So, you know, it's as much about personal growth and like creating new connections with new people that maybe you've never met before, trying new experiences that you maybe wouldn't have done before. And so again, technology has the ability to do that. And so, yes, that, that is going to be a large part of what we focus on. So, you know, we might learn you over time, right? Our app, and it would encourage you to try something maybe that you that you wouldn't have otherwise gone to because we're understanding what your goals are mm -hmm. and we're presenting you the experiences that we know will help you achieve that. Yeah. And you know, you and I are probably people who are very comfortable working out. I'm very comfortable, you know, taking a cooking class and learning how to massage kale and like use it in a set, right? But for some people, well-being is stepping away from their computer for five minutes and interacting with another human being. For other people, it's like, having an experience that doesn't provoke stress, right? And so there's so many different um, areas of well-being for people. And so like doing that in a very approachable way and really understanding what's going to work for different audiences is, was an important piece for me to build into our technology. And so I'm excited. I think, I think it's going to be different, um, but, but useful and valuable. Well, we can't wait to see it. Um, did we, or did we 
accidentally answer the what's your big goal for the future? Or did you have a different one in mind that you want to talk about? Well, I mean, if I'm setting goals three months away, we, we probably wouldn't be sitting here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yes, I'm, I'm very excited for all the things that we have, you know, coming up in the next year. I think, you know, I look at future as like the next, you know, five to 10, um, or I'm not doing my job, right? <laughs> um, and I'm just, you know, I'm excited to just continue to, to build the company. Um, I, I have the best job in the world. I absolutely love it. Um, I think the challenge is, you know, I think with any company, right? Like now we have like venture capital money. We've got a, the best clients in the world. Like we've got, you know, it's, we have a lot um, of exciting things going on. And I think now the challenge for me is to like really always keep us rooted back to that foundational mission. Um, I'm just a huge believer in conscious capitalism. Mm -hmm. I, I absolutely, you know, want to, I want the company to do well. I want to, you know, personally be successful but I always want it to be because I did something good for the world. Um, and so I think, you know, my goal is to really continue to keep that as our North star. Um, and I think obviously helping and empowering people is one of the best things that you can do. Um, and we get to do it at a really large scale. And so I'm excited to continue to, to find ways to grow and to develop the company while still at the end of the day, um, keeping all the people who, who first, you know, helps me get this idea in mind and to, to help them too. You said earlier that Lulafit had grown 400% over the last year. Do you have any advice for maybe other entrepreneurs who are expecting that sort of big explosive growth, but need help maintaining that same vision and making sure that it trickles down as they grow? Yeah, I will say it sounds so fun to grow explosively. We've had a few years. Or painful. Uh, yeah, I believe 2016 we grew by about 400%, and then again 2019, and then every year there's been, your, your bit's been about like between two and 300%, which is still a lot, and those felt like slow years. Yeah, it's been crazy. So I would say like it's very hard to prepare. Um, the biggest thing is that like what what I always say is like, what got you here isn't necessarily going to get you there. And so I think you just have to be like really adaptable and um, it's going to sound cliche, but like you just can't be afraid to like fail, like to really be able to achieve that and then meet the demand of the customer because sometimes selling things is not the problem, right? Like sometimes you have a product or a service or something that people want so bad, it just boom, explodes and takes off, which is great. Um, you know, obviously there's like the flip side problem, which is like trying to find product market fit. But when you have that, the problem then becomes, how do I serve my customer in a way that I just promised them I would. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really like where you have to be the most diligent, right? Like you have to invest the most time, the most energy and be relentless in your pursuit of like, you know, upholding your promise to your customer. And so, um, I think if you do that, like you can survive kind of anything. Um, but you've also got to make sure that, you know, it's a huge part of your, your planning, your roadmap, and you're going to have to adapt and, and change other plans. <laughs> yeah. Let's switch gears a little bit for the final part of the interview. This is the part that I love a lot. Um, I feel like it allows us to sort of get a deeper look into you and like your mindset. Um, so we'd love to have you give sort of one tip or recommendation that has been helping you uh, since March 12th or 20th or whenever the pandemic officially started. 
um, what's been working for you and what do you think might work for other people? Yeah, that's such a great question. I, gosh, I don't know if anyone has any, it's like every day's different, you know? And I think, I, I think giving yourself like some grace is like one of the biggest things. Um, I've had some really hard days. Um, and I've just been very, I think one of the biggest things is like, I've always been a very empathetic leader, um, which I've gotten some criticism for, um, you know, just in general from, you know, advisors or, you know, potential, you know, like business colleagues. Um, I just really think like there's a lot of power in like sharing what you're going through. And so I've been very like open uh, with my team and encouraged all of us to be open with each other to really help each other through. So I would say like, find the people that aren't going to judge you for like having a bad day, but also yeah. having a good day. Yeah. Because we're going through this like crazy experience, like the whole world is in like disarray, right? And there's terrible things going on. It can almost feel worse to have a good day, right? Or to be excited about something or to feel like I'm actually doing fine. Like, why am I doing fine? Does that make me a terrible person? So I think it's both. Like you need to have that core group of people that you can connect with on a regular basis. It doesn't have to be in person. You can connect with them on the phone. You can connect with them on Zoom. Um, for me, that's a mix of obviously my family who are like my, you know, biggest, <laughs> my biggest support group, um, friends. Um, I have a professional coach and then also my team, right? And just being able to share with people your wins, your losses, like everything in between it and, and being able to have like an accepting presence around you. Um, but then be that for, for other people too, right? Cause it feels good to also support other people. Um, and, and then, you know, the biggest thing too is like, obviously most people are like, oh, you run a well-being company. Like you must wake up at like 5.30 in the morning and like work out for two hours and then like make yourself a smoothie and meditate. And I mean, yeah, like there are some days where like I do, you know, eat where I'm like, okay, like that felt okay. I went a whole three days without pizza. Like I want to pat myself on the back for that. Right. But realistically, like this is a really hard year. Like sometimes I just want to like sit on my couch and like eat ice cream and not do a workout and that's okay. You know? So I think it's, it's also doing again, focusing on those other pieces of your, your being, which is not just if I work out every day, I'm going to be fine. Or if I eat really healthy every day, I'm going to be fine. But what do you need for your mental health? Um, and then what do you need for your social health too? Uh, another big thing is like that professional development. Like, how are you going to continue to develop yourself and work on things? And I think if you, you look, you weight all of those buckets equally, you feel a lot more fulfilled and quite frankly, a lot more motivated to do any of them. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, for what it's worth. <laughs> no, there, I think technically you gave me more than one piece of advice. So thank you. Okay, great. Going above and beyond. Um, but I love what, when you were talking about being an empathetic leader and like creating that space where, you know, maybe not always in the workplace, but creating that network where you can celebrate your wins and, you know, commiserate with your um, tougher days too. And it definitely related to what you were saying about like feeling guilty for being relatively okay or, you know, being better than okay. And I think that's something that our audience has heard a lot too. Um, as the, the leader of your company, did you find that like, you know, being a little more open about good days and bad days helped encourage others to do the same thing? Like, did that sort of help add to the company culture and like the connection during these last, you know, nine months? I feel closer with really 
a hundred percent of my workforce now than I think I was, we were very close before. So this is really saying something. Um, but I feel so much closer because I feel like when you open up about a struggle or a shared experience, um, and you're able to just relate in a very real way, it just, it breaks down that barrier. You know, I think when you, when you are the leader of an organization, there sometimes is this hesitancy for people to look at you as like a real person. <laughs> I find it so strange. I'm like, wait, I'm just a normal person. Mm-hmm. I have the answers. Like, are you kidding? You're supposed to give me the answers. Um, so it's been interesting, right. To like really have the opportunity to like also share, like, I don't always know the right thing to do, especially in this crazy situation. I'm not always going to do the right thing. And I definitely am not popping out of bed every single day in 2020 being like, yeah, let's go get it. Um, there are definitely days where I'm worried. I'm scared. I'm upset. I feel, you know, sad. I feel angry. Um, and you know, all of our lives change drastically. So whether there's been good components that we can focus on, like there's also been, you know, not so good ones. And so, um, yes, I do feel like opening up to people has helped me feel closer to them and connected to them. Um, I want people in my organization to always know that I'm just a normal person like, like them. And I, just because you know, I'm the founder of a company or the CEO doesn't make me any more important than, than anybody else. Um, it definitely doesn't make, you know, what, what I'm going through any different than what they're going through. And so I think we've all been able to relate and connect on that in a really real way, um, which has been helpful for survival. But I think it's also really brought us um, closer in, in a good way. And it's allowed us to solve problems in a way that I don't think we could have if we, if we weren't having this, those honest conversations. You, you've said a couple of times in this interview that you are working your dream job and that you're waking up and like, this is exactly what you want to do. And I just, from continuing this conversation, it sounds like you have a really big role in creating this dream job for yourself and for other people in your company. And I just, I think that's so cool. Thank you. Thank you. I feel a lot of responsibility for it, but, um, yeah. it's the best kind of, it's the best kind of responsibility and I'm, I'm really honored to be able to do it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Uh, where can we find out more about you, about LulaFit? Where can we sign up for updates about the new app launch? Uh, give some self-promotion here. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we obviously have a really exciting digital product out now called LulaFit Live. So we've got live fitness classes and events every single day and week, and there's so much cool stuff going on in the app. So that's available for immediate um, use, and you can uh, sign up for that on our website, lulafit, um, L-U-L-A-F-I-T.com. Um, and you can pretty much find us anywhere uh, by that name. So on Instagram, on uh, Facebook, on, we're actually not on Twitter. <laughs> we don't have that as many, we don't have enough to say to be on Twitter. Um, on LinkedIn as well. So we're always, we're always, um, you know, doing fun things there. And um, definitely following us on those channels. You'll, you'll definitely hear about our new app. Awesome. Colleen, thank you again for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much. <laughs>